0: This episode of Shifted marks the first part of a three-part series on how to make an adoption plan. If you've ever wondered how exactly the process works, you've come to the right place. Welcome back. Today, we are sitting down with Yvonne Munoz, an options counselor at the Gladney Center for Adoption. She is the first person someone thinking about making an adoption plan might talk to if they reach out to Gladney as an adoption agency with questions. She tells us all about the process, what the very beginning looks like, and why it might not be exactly what you
1: picture in your mind when you think about someone who makes an adoption plan for their child. We're not going to get through the entire process today, so be sure to come back for part two and part three, which we'll release over the next two episodes
0: of Shifted. Stick around. And now, here's our interview with Yvonne.
1: Welcome back, Yvonne. We're so glad that you're here today. We loved getting to know you a little bit deeper personally last episode, but today we're going to dive deeper into what your career is like here at Gladney. So can you explain what that is like? What What do you do here at Gladney?
2: I'm Yvonne Munoz. I am an options counselor here at the Gladney Center. Before I was an options counselor, I was a birth parent caseworker for a few years. And before that, I was able to intern here and volunteer a little bit. So, yeah, and I've been primarily in the um, department that serves our birth parent clients, just in different roles since I've been here.
0: We're going to jump right in. Why would someone In an unplanned pregnancy, consider making an adoption plan.
2: That is a great question. It could be so many different reasons. We have um, women and men um, from all walks of life that reach out just to... Learn more about what this option looks like. That could be someone who is uh, young and is still a student, maybe still even in high school. That could be someone who is um, in their 30s and their 40s. It could be someone who doesn't have any children, who does already have children. Um, It could be any number of things that would make someone just want to reach out and learn more about what this option is. We have people that are just solely reaching out, just wanting to learn, hey, what does this process look like? What is it? What is, you know, how does it work? All the way to, you know, this is for sure what I need to do. I I know I need to do this. So I just try to meet someone where they're at whenever they reach out and call and just see what questions do they have? Where can I start with this person? Do they just
0: unload like with you, like um, you know, I'm I'm in an abusive situation, or I'm I financially cannot parent. or Does that come in the
2: first meeting? It depends. So sometimes when people call, they give me the whole story. They give me, you know, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. This is my situation. Um, this is why I'm I'm calling. This is why I need to know more about this option. However, others call and just. Don't even tell me if it's necessarily for themselves or for someone else um, and for privacy reasons I never want to pry too much. I'd love to learn I'd love to know anything that someone has to um, share with about their situation I think the more details that I have the better that I can kind of provide information to them the one the information that would be most relevant to them. Um, however, if someone's just calling and doesn't share very much, um, I still want to give them a good idea of what our services are and how um, it, it give them an idea of what it might look like to plan adoption. Um, but sometimes, sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes I have the whole story or a lot of the story. And sometimes i just, I'm not sure who I'm providing information for.
1: Oftentimes, we may have women who reach out to Gladney, um, and they are asking about making an adoption plan, but they may already be parenting other children. Is that something that you do
2: come across yes so that's a really good question we often get calls from um, women and men who are already parents so they might have one child they might have several um, but it is very common to talk to people who are currently parenting or struggling to parent um, Maybe they have a child or children that are, um, they have relatives helping them care for them, or they're not in their care, or they are on their own with their children and they're struggling. And so it is very common to talk to someone who already has children um, wanting to learn more about this option. And I think that's just because they often know what they have struggled with and what they will struggle with in the future and it's just something that they are just trying to see if there's another option to avoid experiencing that in the same way and so yeah we often talk to people who are already parents
1: and I like that you said men and women that reach out Mm -hmm. so that's interesting to hear that you have both so it, it doesn't just
2: have to be the birth mom that we no. is out to ask questions. No, right? it could be, it. Could, you could reach out for a friend. It could be a, a daughter, a son. I've talked to um, grandparents. I've it's counselors. Mm-hmm. Or- yeah, it could be a counselor. Um, siblings you could reach out for anyone I mean and when I talk to someone I always um if they don't share that I always ask you know is this for yourself or is it for someone else um because when I talk to someone you know I never know are you gathering information for yourself are you gathering it for someone else that you're you are close to but yes and so we we get calls from dads too and so um I think that that's that's great I I don't give any different kind of information to a man versus a woman. You're an expectant parent, and you're calling to get information. Um, So yeah, we talk to men and women.
0: So we've been talking about speaking to people on the phone. I myself refuse to speak on the phone. So, Are there other ways people reach out to you? And how do they find Gladney? Are they just Googling, or is it word
2: of mouth? Yeah, we live in um, a day and age where talking on the phone is not as common as it used to be. And I'm guilty of that myself. I'd rather like send a text or an email than have a phone conversation. Well, probably... Especially if
0: you're first reaching out. Yes. I mean, phone calls nice. kind of especially, Are <laughs>
2: Yes, especially when you're calling about something like this, you know? I mean, I, I can't imagine what feelings someone must have when they're making that call to get that initial information Um And oftentimes people don't even quite know what to say or where to start. So that's a great question. So no, we don't just get calls. We, and I should say primarily, work off of... um, internet and so we get chats from our website where you know we you come go to our website and a little box pops up that says you know chat to an options counselor and that's Um, really you yeah that's really me in live time (laughs) I mean the first response or two might be you know an automated response saying hey we're getting you to someone um can you give us your email in case we get disconnected that's real that's a real thing so like if I um you know I'm on a phone call and I can't respond immediately Um, and maybe I lose you on the chat I'll email you so um, we email we do chat and then you can even um, you can text oh Um, mm -hmm. so and that's someone that's going to be responding to you as well from our phones and so You could tell me what your preference is. You could fill out a little form online and say, you know, the best time to call me would be after five o'clock. And I'll do that. So even if it's in the evenings or things like that. But yes, that's a great question. It's not often a phone call. It doesn't usually start off as a phone call. I'm here. We're here 24 hours a day if someone does need to call and would like that. But it's also um, whatever means you're comfortable with. And some ways that people may find us to even... um, get to the point of reaching out to us are um, I think oftentimes just Googling. I think a really common term that you might hear is put my baby up for adoption or maybe you're in Texas, so adoption in Texas. Um, maybe you've already heard about us. So you type in the Gladney Center for Adoption, um, Gladney Center, or maybe adoption stories. So I think people just kind of start off googling something a lot of times and then something might pop up that leads them to like oh here's this this woman's story let me read that and then that might lead you back to our website and so and that's another reason why I never assume when someone calls that this is necessarily for them or that they're even you know this is something I'm really seriously considering I just assume that someone is calling to gather information a really common question is what does it look like or what is the process like? So um, I just want to provide factual information so that that person can then feel like they're making an informed decision for themselves. There is never any kind of um, commitment when someone calls or reaches out by any means. Um, I'm just here to answer questions. And so um, I very much uh, assume that someone is just getting information when we speak unless they um tell me that they want to move forward or hey what's next or can you help me then we can do that but um there is not any kind of obligation to move forward or commit to adoption just by calling or reaching out or sending an email and on that note I just want to say that there's nothing that someone could share with me um, that would make me think badly of them um that would make me judge them I I think a lot of times um there's uh, um, shame or embarrassment for whatever reason. I've heard a lot of different reasons why um, women have been hesitant to reach out or maybe even just not be honest that like this information is for me. I'm you know, getting it for a friend. Um, there's nothing that someone can say to me that would make me treat someone any differently on the phone, in person. Um, I, I have heard a lot of um, different situations. I've, I've heard, uh, there's, I don't think anything can shock me at this point. And, and nothing is going to make me want to treat anybody differently. So I would just say, you know, on that note, whether it's yourself or a friend, um, you know, there's, don't, be, don't be embarrassed. Don't, the, the more truthful information that you could give me, the better information that I can give you that might be helpful for your situation. This could be the first time they've shared with someone that they're pregnant. Um, maybe they're still needing to get prenatal care or they don't even know where to start with that. Um, They might be nervous to tell their significant other, their parents, um, a loved one, teachers. Um, They could be really hesitant about talking to us because they haven't even talked to the people in their life that are close to them. Depending on what you know, what you'd like us to do. Even if that's just kind of providing some information of like, hey, maybe this is a way that you can, you know, bring that up to them or talk to them. And if, if someone were to decide to work with us and move forward, you know, we could even maybe help have those conversations, even with their, their children. Sometimes it's when people come to us with older children and they're saying like, I just don't know how I would tell my kids about this. And those children could be five or 15. And so um, those are hard conversations to think of having. We're, we're here to just kind of support someone through that if they need it. We'll meet you where you're at. And so, what I mean when I say that is that your needs aren't going to be the same as someone else's. So we're just going to try to find out what you need or how we can be helpful to your situation and and help as much as you would want us to um, without overstepping boundaries.
0: If I were in a situation where I was truly scared or nervous, I would feel comfortable oh, speaking thank to you. you like that's a very nice you're compliment. very genuine well. You mentioned people reach out after uh, they've been Googling or they they find Gladney. And from what I understand, tell me if this is true, sometimes they've found a family on our website that they really connected to. So they're not reaching out because we're Gladney, but because they're looking for a caring and loving family
2: and they think they found one. I think a lot of times women are not really thinking about an agency or what goes on, all the things that happen to make an adoption happen. They just think, or or anyone looking from the, the outside looking in would think um, of the matching part of it. So a woman finding a family that she wants to adopt her baby. And we have a lot of our families online that are available to be looked at. So you can view a lot of information about our families. So, you know, the the area that they live in, um, how long have they been together? Are they um, wanting an open adoption? Maybe just kind of get a, an idea of what their life is like. And so, yes, we have women that sometimes get connected to us because they've seen this family and so they want to get to know more about this family or maybe ask more questions about that family. You can learn quite a bit about the families through our website.
1: How far along in their pregnancy are women when they reach out to Gladney?
2: I have talked to women who just found out they're pregnant, who are far into their pregnancies and maybe close to delivering. We speak to women and men who think that they might be pregnant, so they think their partners may be. Um, Women might have missed a period but haven't confirmed yet and maybe even have questions about confirming their pregnancy or getting pregnancy verification if they are. So we talk to women who... are at all different stages in their pregnancy. And sometimes even not pregnant, sometimes even I'm in the hospital and I just had my baby, or a social worker or a nurse will call and say, we have a patient who just delivered and didn't have a plan prior to this um, and would like to learn more about adoption. So we, we talk to women who are at all different points.
1: Seems like a big job. How many people are involved in helping a woman make an adoption plan?
2: There are a lot of different people who are part of the adoption process. So we have um, several departments that are working together anytime we have an adoption. um, And so we're just working um, in the timeframe that we have left, just depending on when that person comes to us. So we have um, myself, so options counselors that are there to answer um, or get someone started initially, answer questions. Birth parent caseworkers who are taking care of any needs that may arise for, for um, a woman, a couple, a family who, when they um, come to us to make an adoption plan, um, so they're, they're working one-on-one with the birth families. Adoptive parent caseworkers who are working one-on-one with um, couples in our programs and their families. We have a legal team, so whatever the situation may be with the father of the baby, whether that's that a a couple is together and they're planning this together, or maybe they're separated, or he's not in the picture at all, or our legal team um, can get a plan together for a woman. Uh, We have an insurance coordinator who answers all questions, um, healthcare related. So private insurance, um, Medicaid, applying for Medicaid, maybe someone doesn't have insurance or um, doesn't have a lot of time left in their pregnancy and just needs prenatal care right away. Um, Maybe there's concerns for someone's citizenship status and they're not eligible for healthcare. We have um, transitional care families who are volunteer families that help care for our babies. If there's a need for that, if there's any reason why um, a baby is not able to go directly into their adoptive family um, from the hospital, we have a post-adoption department that um, can help offer support lifelong after adoptions happen. So after your time with your caseworker is up, there's a whole department just dedicated to providing resources and support for any kind of needs that may arise in the future. So that's a that's a loaded question because there is a whole team of people coming together behind the scenes to make sure that these adoption plans happen smoothly and that we cover all our bases and that we're providing all the services that we need to provide to someone planning adoption.
1: Wow. Many, many things to consider there too. I'm just thinking of like the, the insurance coordinator and all the things she must have to do to, I mean, un, to understand Medicaid and health insurance and how things work is already complicated yes. when you're, you know, you're in this uh, adoption plan, which is already overwhelming.
2: It's nice to know that there's those services yes there is a whole team of people that will come together for you and all of these services are free of charge there's never any cost associated with planning adoption Um, and so that's also a big concern too is that someone may come and say like i can't afford this you know how am i going to pay for having the baby i don't have insurance um and whatever the situation is i mean we're we're gonna we're gonna provide resources and there will never be any kind of -of out-of-pocket expense for um for a client planning adoption
1: I'm glad that you touched on it does not cost anything for the person making an adoption plan because that's often a misconception that we hear in the classroom. And students are always surprised to hear that.
2: Yeah, so there, there are expenses associated with adoption. However, those are not the responsibility of someone planning adoption. You know, if we take the, the burden and stress off these things that you might be stressing about in your day-to-day life, our thought is that you're in a better place to just focus on your adoption plan.
0: So, Yvonne, you, you touched on the services that Gladney can provide someone in uh, experiencing an unplanned pregnancy. Can you just talk about what those services are one more time?
2: Gladney can provide a lot of different services to someone who is planning adoption for their child, we help them get connected to um, medical services, so whether they have coverage or not, we help walk them through through that um, process. Their caseworker is their go-to person throughout their pregnancy, so they're the ones that are going to be providing that grief and loss support, counseling. They're going to be the ones that are having conversations um, with a woman or a couple about what they are looking for in a family, the kind of openness they hope to have in an adoption and their adoption. So they're, they're getting that information so that they can in turn show them families that, that just meet all the criteria that, that they've been given and hopefully help um, provide them with you know family profiles that might be a good match for them. They're the ones that are providing um, assistance for maternity-related expenses and just kind of trying to determine what their specific needs are and how we can help um, either directly or indirectly. Um, if it's indirectly, we're connecting them to resources in the community. So just trying to um, tap into what's available for them in their area, given their situation. So for example, you know, if someone is already parenting and has children um, and there's a resource in the community that might be helpful for them, we can help get connect, um, help them get connected to those resources. So there's a lot of services that someone can get when they're planning adoption. Um, it very much just depends on what that person's specific needs are. And then we actually, at the beginning of the process, get together and make a plan so that there's a really clear expectation of, this is what I need and this is how Gladney will help me. Um, and if we can't help where there is a need, then how are we helping connect them to resources that can help them. What is something someone might not know about adoption? Something that people may not realize is that it is always the expectant parents that are, they, they are the ones that are making the decisions within their plan. People might think that, Um, you know, do I get to choose a family or when will the baby go with the adoptive parents or do I get to say bye to the baby? There's questions um, like that and uh, I think something that may not be commonly known is that it's always the expectant parents that are making all of these decisions for themselves. It's the expectant parents who are choosing the couple that they'd like to adopt their child they are choosing the openness that they'd like. So whether they'd want an open adoption, semi-open, they're choosing that. Um, they are very much in control of their plan and they're the ones making all of this, these decisions. Um, so together with their caseworker, they're creating this personalized plan that is um, specific to what it is that that is best for them in their situation. Um, and so I think that's oftentimes... That's maybe where you see adoption getting a bad reputation, is just that this this plan is happening to them versus their they're creating this plan so they're they're always making an informed decision for themselves for their babies they're making this intentional loving plan um, for their children and so i think that maybe that's just a common misconception it's just that you know someone else is maybe behind the scenes making this these decisions for them or um maybe doing something that they don't want to do or um being dishonest about something you know these are very um, thought out plans. And so um, it's always the expectant parents that are, that are creating those plans for themselves and for their babies.
1: With some of these
2: misconceptions
1: that you were speaking about, why do you think that adoption would get a bad reputation in culture? Sometimes we see that in movies or TV shows.
2: I think it has this negative um, reputation because there's just this underlying thought that someone who places their child for adoption doesn't want their baby, doesn't um, doesn't love them, um, is giving up. Um, you know, even the term that you hear, you know, give my baby up for adoption. It kind of just sounds, kind of sounds a little cold. And while I know that that's just people may say that and not even mean it in a negative way, um, that that just kind of has some um, a negative history to it in itself. But we we always use the term placing a child for adoption because it's a very intentional plan. It's a very um, thought out um, parenting plan that they're making for their children. And so oftentimes they don't even think of adoption as a parenting plan because they're not the ones doing the parenting, but you are making a plan for someone to parent your child. And and so I think just through time, there's just this thought that, um, you know, or you even hear people joke and say, you know, when someone is maybe um, in a family, maybe like the black sheep or something, or maybe left out, like, oh, they're adopted. You know, there's just these negative jokes that are associated with adoption that are just not accurate or appropriate at all. I think it's, it's the exact opposite. These women that that we work with love their children so much that they're putting their children's needs and wants and their futures before their desires. And I think it's pretty safe to say that almost every single woman that I've ever worked with, her number one, you know, desire, her, her plan A would have always been to to keep her baby and to parent her baby herself. But it's just, it's that they love their children so much that they're willing to sacrifice their, their own heart they're willing to you know go through this this heartbreaking um, journey that is, is it's truly bittersweet it's it's just it's not all heartbreak but um, certainly there is a lot of grief involved and so um, no I think the women that we work with the men and women that are planning adoption for their children are so brave and so selfless um, that they would th- they would even consider this option for their children.
0: As an options counselor, what's a common question you hear?
2: A common question that I hear is, how does the process work? Um, what happens when I plan adoption? Or what does this look like? Um, what, can, what can you do to help me? Um, I need help with housing. I need help with um, money for food. I, I'm not sure where to go. So I think just a lot of questions about what does this look like for me? What happens next? What happens in this process? I think from the outside looking in, people think of adoption as choosing a family. Um, But in reality, they might have a lot of other things going on in their own personal lives that um, would maybe prevent them from being able to focus on planning adoption just because they have so many other immediate needs that they're trying to figure out. So if someone is not quite sure... um, what their, their housing situation is going to look like in the next month or so, it would make it really hard to try to dedicate time to, to planning adoption. So just different things that come up that someone might be struggling with as best as we can. Um, we try to just help connect them to resources that might be able to help them. I'm so interested
1: to know, do you have a story or maybe a special client that you have helped
2: that sticks out in your mind? There's several stories that stick out in my mind that are special or unique or just had a really big impact on me. But one that comes to mind that I can think of that happened recently is a woman that reached out. She sent us like an online form and said she was getting information for her stepdaughter. We connected through email um, and then we spoke on the phone and told me what you know, her daughter was in high school and uh, had an unplanned pregnancy and had kept it from them for quite some time. And they were kind of scrambling to figure out, you know, what they would do next. She had expressed to them that she, she didn't want to parent. She didn't feel ready to be, be a mom. The father is not in the picture she just really didn't know what she was going to do. So she asked if we could do a phone call, but said that her daughter was really um, nervous around new people and that she was embarrassed just that she was even in this position. And so we did a phone call all together on three-way, and I just was able to speak to all of them at the same time. So her father, her stepmother, and and then um, the young woman herself her father and her stepmother were able to kind of, you know, ask questions that um, they think that their daughter might not have, you know, had the um, courage to ask in that moment. But we, we connected. She said she wanted to move forward. Um, I walked them through those next steps of, of starting the process. And um, she was actually due really soon. And so one of those questions she asked is, you know, what happens if she has a baby before she has a family picked out and before everything is, is, is figured out? I told her, you know, no matter what, it's, it's never too late to plan adoption. So even if she hadn't been planning adoption prior to this point and called us, we would still be able to help, you know, just kind of thought like, you know, she probably won't have the baby. It'll be fine. It did end up that she, she had her baby a little early. And so thankfully we'd had those conversations beforehand talking about what would happen if she delivered before she had a family picked out. And so I think that that probably was helpful and just reassuring them that, you know, we would, um, we would still be able to make their plan work in the time that we had left, and there wasn't any need to, to rush. But um, this was just a situation that was really special because um, I just I could identify with both sides of that with um, being young and, and experiencing an unplanned pregnancy, and then also as a mother, seeing. Your your teenage child go through such a huge life event that's stressful, and um, you, you're not sure what to do. Um, I can imagine that this was just weighing on her. And they'd said in our conversations that that we had prior to you know all being on the phone together that she was withdrawn, she was stressed, um, she was just you know not herself. After we had spoken, I was kind of just emailing some um, final details to her stepmom and um, who she could expect to hear from and and when she would hear from them. And her mom just wrote me back this email and said, um, you know, thank you so much. Um, And then she said, you know, I won't say her name, but she said, our daughter's dad commented on how much happier she has been these last few days. He told her, see how nice it was when you're not holding a big secret and we can help you. That to me was just so, so special, you know, because that's, that's the goal. That's the goal is that we can help someone um, and that this isn't something that they have to, you know, there has to be a secret, you know, even if it is something that they choose to keep within their own family, just the fact that we'd helped this young woman and her family and that she was kind of just getting, you know, back on, on track to, you know, being open and honest with her family, allowing her family to help her through this. um, That was just, that was really special.
0: I love that story. And I'm I'm so grateful you came today. So just to wrap up, if you were to describe a birth mother in three words, what three words would you choose?
2: That's tough because there's so many, but the ones that come to my mind immediately are courageous, um, strong, selfless. Those are just... The description that I would have for all the women that you know, even just make these calls to to learn more about this option. It takes a lot of courage to make that call. Um, It takes a lot of strength to move forward with making a plan. It is incredibly selfless to make this plan that is for your child because you feel that this is what's in their best interest or, or this provides them with the best future. I just, I have so much respect for the women that that we work with and and for the families that create these adoption plans for their babies because I, I know it's not easy and I just, I've seen the, the beauty in it and I've seen the heartbreak in it. Um, but I just think that these women are incredibly strong. I will always think that they're they're the strongest women that I've ever had the honor of working with. Thank you so much for coming today, Yvonne. We loved having you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. These are a lot of fun. This has gotten me out of my comfort zone, but I've had a lot of fun with these. So thank you guys.
1: I definitely think a lot of people are going to find value in everything you shared today. Man, what a big job Yvonne has. It does make me feel comforted, though, knowing that Yvonne is the person on the other end of the line when someone contacts Gladney and is feeling so
0: vulnerable. I agree. She seems to be the perfect person to talk to. And now I can't wait until we get to speak with Haley next time to find out the ins and outs and what it looks like to help someone make an adoption plan. I know. I can't wait. I have so many questions. And remember, if you or someone you love is experiencing an unplanned pregnancy, you can contact Gladney numerous ways from our website at gladneyadoption.com or our 24-7 hotline, 1-800-GLADNEY. Come on back for the next part of the How to Make an Adoption Plan series
1: and check out the show notes to links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Oh.